When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met, fellow adventurers. Now, last time, we freed Ash, the town of Ashlire from the attack of the Oat-Ogora. Now, actually, everyone's come back into Ashley, and we can visit the town. So, I'm not sure this is over, so I'm going to go there and have a little check on things. Also, people can, also I can listen to people say how wonderful I am. That'd be nice. Good it. Nestled in and probably got a lot of free rounds at the tavern. Nestled into the thick of the rolling hills between the western shores of Moonlire Lake and the eastern elbow of Fogbow Forest, that the small town of Ashlire has has known a long period of prosperity, despite its close proximity to the legendary cursed wood. Okay. Now's, now, since we're going to be going there soon, let's learn about Fogburg Forest. Fogburg, the forest of mist. Fogburg refers to a large area of forest that stretched from the western banks of Trindwyr to just southwest of the city of Trithic in Tysa, in the base of the Feldrin foothills. Long ago, as the age of Aldrin was dawning, a powerful sorcerer named Wachnar built a tower in the middle of the forest. It served as a place for, for learned, aspiring spy, spellcasters for across the realms. Alas, though, for Wackiness' thirst for power was unquenchable, and as he reached limits of his own magicality, he sought out new ways to increase his already formidable arcane might. To this end, Wackiness managed to secretly open a shadow path which allows him passage between the world of Shin. Swift, the nightmarish realm of the Nevis. His journey, his journey to the Nevis, brought him new knowledge and new dark and terrible power. The endeavor, however, slowly drove him mad. Ragnar became distrustful of people, especially other mages, and he sought to protect the shadow path he had created, lest other mages discover and use his portal became increasingly reclusive and abandoned his, his teachings and forbade others to trespass into the forest in which his tower sat. As his madness grew, he used his newly acquired dark arts to construct a fiendish labyrinth that would keep his secrets safe forever. The labyrinth was a complex maze, many levels deep, 
are fitted with fiendish traps and powerful guardians of the sorcerer's own design, all to protect the shadow path that lay hidden in the darkest of the maze's twisting depths. What was perhaps a final act of matter, Wachter used his sorcerer's, sorcerer's might to place a curse upon the forest in an attempt to conceal his labyrinth and the secret that lay within. The curse changed the very nature of the forest itself. The trees became sickly and dark, and a thick blanket of fog descended upon the forest. It became an altogether unwholesome place, and it was shunned by all but a few brave ho- local huntsmen who still short game on its borders. Wacknor eventually disappeared, and some say he became forever lost in his own diabolical labyrinth. Able to escape the very wickedness his magic had created. Others say that a powerful in- evil entered swift through the shadow gate he had opened and consumed him. Over a thousand years have passed since Wagner's disappearance, and because few will dare venture into the fog war, little is known about, about his tower or of the labyrinth. Many a traveller has journeyed into Fogborough, never to return. Others returned with eerie tales about dark creatures lurking in the mists of the forest. Many believe those who have disappeared in Fogborough over the centuries now roam the cursed wood as the living dead. Fogborough remains a place that is commonly avoided by all. Even even the few bold huntsmen who once found an abundance of game just inside the forest ends have abandoned the wood for friendlier hunting grounds. The most direct way to get to the cursed forest is to cross the Wither Twins southwest of Twithing, where a few boatsmen are willing to brave the opposite shore of the river, so close to the forest. Okay, that looks like a pretty scary place. Also, that 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 Wacknor's that labyrinth Wacknor made. It looks like it's incredibly difficult to get to the bottom of it, and therefore, by extension, there will be incredible treasure there, or magical artifacts and weapons and maybe gold. Honestly, I don't really care about gold. Yes, all sorts, all sorts of cool stuff in there, no doubt. A tall and sturdy wall, pointed ash logs surrounds the settlement, protecting the town's inhabitants from the perils inherent in the existence set in the remote wilds of the kingdom. It is you, it is me, who purged Ashlar of the fearsome motor rock. The legions of the renegade sorceress Koratal, your deed on the on on behalf of the town and its citizens will never be forgotten. Here in Ashlar, you're always afforded a hero's welcome. Alright, whatever I'm gonna visit the tavern. Getting those three rounds. Your victory over the Oso quickly became and has remained the topic of conversation in Lasler's only inn and tavern. The Sage Law's patrons, as well as its proprietor, are always eager to hear your latest adventure, and quick to provide you with an endless supply of the house ale in exchange for them. The warring blaze from the tavern's oversized fireplace 
does does an admirable job of chasing off the damp chill that hangs over the town. Visit the proprietor. Fajor. Fajor is a wild-eyed, grey-haired man with a long and tangled beard. He is always glad to see you. He tells you that since your victory over Oracle conveyed Ashdor, the Sacred has realised a, realised a new level of prosperity. You still talk around around here, he says, waving his hand around the crowded common room. And better than that, this is the spot where all the talking is done. I've had a call awful way up the wither, mind. There's not enough of the house brew to satisfy this lot. I don't suppose that such was your aim, but I thank you for it anyhow. Aldor tells you that often, he's often the first in town to learn any news of great importance. And he'll gladly share anything he thinks might be of interest to you. Thank him and bid the t- busy tavern keep farewell. Right at the tavern, what's the council building? You arrive at Ashley's council building, only to find its doors locked and its windows boarded up. After making a few inquiries, you learn that due to the damage to structures suffered during the Otorok invasion, the town council members have begun to meet elsewhere in an undisclosed location. Curious to why the town council has not revealed the new location of their meetings, you turn away from the abandoned building and set off on your way. Maybe the worried Coatel has spies? I mean, maybe... Who knows what he's a super powerful sorceress? She, I think. She? Super powerful sorceress. And thus... Who knows what power she has? Alright, visit the watchtower. Rising up into the sky on the western side of the wall town is a large watchtower, constructed entirely out of sturdy timbers. The tower is manned both day and night by members of Ashley's militia. The head of the town's militia, a soft-spoken man by the name of Vorhan, can almost always be found in or around the tower, overseeing those whose wary gainers are always fixed upon the dark edge of the cursed wood to the west. Time and again, Vorinus has thanked you for your brave and successful endeavour on behalf of the people of Ashlar. The genuine respect that Vorin has for you is plainly evident in both his words and his demeanour. It's always nice to see you about, he says, as the two of you stand on the watchtower's highest platform, staring at the dark line of trees west of the town. I dare so we haven't seen the last of the shadows to crawl forth from that wood. It's a blessing to know there's someone like you amongst us. For now, anyway. Alright, let's see. There's also... Ashlar is an explorable area. Sitting only... A stone's throw from the eastern edge of the cursed forest of Forest of Fogmore. There's no telling what you might find in or around the town of Ashlar Explore. You're standing in the middle of a deserted lane in the western part of Ashlar, carefully studying an odd stone and timber structure. When you suddenly catch sight of something moving on your left, instinctively you spin in a direction of movement only to be horrified by the sight that greets your eyes. Creeping out of the dense shadow of a narrow alley, its blazing eyes fixed on you as it cautiously slinks towards you, is a massive, 
black wet. The foul rodent. Its lengthy fang glistening as, as they reflect the bright light of day. It's easier the size of a large dog. You immediately recognise the hideous creature to be a fog rat. Just one of the sinister beasts that lurks within and around the nearby cursed wood. There's a, there's a link for fog rat. Fog rat. These large dog sized and extremely vicious rodents only found in and around fog forest. Fog rats, named after the misty environment in which they seem to thrive, are normally encountered in large roaming packs and have been known to swarm and take down much larger creatures unfortunate enough to cross their path. Oh dear. With, gro- with growing revulsion, you realise the vicious giant rat intends to make a weak meal out of you. I will attack this giant rat. Though I could flee, I'm obviously not going to do that. You brazenly battle the fog rat. The fog rat tears at you with his deadly fangs. Slicey slashy and it oh like bashy bashy. I'm not slashy slashy, I'm bashy bashy now. Free XP. You step back from the blooded remains of the slain fog rat and discover that te- several townsfolk have witnessed the battle. A small crowd of men and women cautiously approach the creature's carcass, peering down with obvious revulsion at the large dead rat. As two of the men tend to the rat's remains, a young woman tells you that only recently have the fog rats been found within Ashlar. They're horrid things, she says. Truly horrid. I'm quite afraid to say, though, they're not the worst to creep out of fog bar. And I'm certain you don't need someone like me telling you that. The woman tells you that nearly a dozen fog rats have been found in town over the last year or so. It's widely suspected that the vicious rodents scale the scockade under the cover of night. Well, they can only dig under. They can do that too. We thank her for the information and promise to keep a sharp eye out for any of the giant rats. Ooh, yes. Oh dear, oh dear. Exploring some more. Exploration of Ashra takes you to nearly every corner of the small fortified camp. Despite running into several of the settlement's more colourful characters, catching up on the local news and gossip with some of the town's talkative inhabitants, you don't encounter anything of any particular interest. While making your way, Way along Ashley's main thoroughfare, you suddenly catch sight of a figure lurking at the side of the street, his face turned in your direction. The insecurely guns holding figure, Kurosu is, appears to be watching you. Only a split second before your eyes fall on the figure, he turns and quickly slips down an adjoining lane, but not before you caught a glimpse of his face. Glimpses of the chill through you. You are but certain that the face of the man who was watching you Past the thought of that is none other than Trimidly, the young master maid whose behest you first ventured into Ashlar. You rush into the narrow lane along which the figure swiftly parted, but there's no longer any sign of it. Puzzled and unnerved by the encounter, it remains foremost in your mind as you turn and once again set off on your way. Alright, exploring some more. No, nothing. 
Oh, it's Timney again. Alright, I met him again. And again. Alright, one, one more exploration. The exploration of Ashley comes to an abrupt halt when you abrupt and unexpected halt when you find yourself bearing witness to a violent confrontation outside the town stables. A small crowd of onlookers are gathered around two young men locked in a brutal fist fight. The faces of both men are bloodied and battered, a testament to the savage blows that a thrust star landed. As you work your way to the front of the crowd, instinctively wondering if something you might do to intervene and halt the vicious spectacle. The shocked to discover that the two men are brothers by the name of Scarth and Ogwin Thurim. Yep, brothers fighting, yeah, I know. Yep, that's something I can understand. Not the first time for any of this, says the stable hand, turning up, turning to gaze at you as you arrive at the edge of the circle tattered. Orion's got, old Orion's got to alarm his brother's not quite as little as he seems to think he is. And he doesn't take well, doesn't take to being told what to do either. You watch the larger of the two combatants, you learn. His name's Scarath. Then two successive blows to the side of his brother's face. You've been convinced one of them, more likely Orion, is going to be seriously injured unless the contest is quickly stopped. Acting in the best interests of the two young men, you rush forward and step between them, only to immediately find yourself in the pa- directly in the path of Scar of Speeding Fist. Oh dear, oh dear. Bonus. Picking a number, bonus 46. 16 from on combat, 20 from agility, and 10 from luck. Let's go, go, go. Got to get 75, and I got 117. You spin to your left and fall back nimbly and narrowly avoiding the punishing knuckles of Scar Fridwim. His swift and brutal stroke also sails wide of his brother and sends the and sends the quick-fisted brutes sprawling to the ground, elicting a pair of laughter from the gathering of onlookers. Angered by their laughter and what he obviously perceives to be your intrusion into a private matter, he quickly regains his feet and curses at you. Orgwin steps forward and attempts to cut his down, but the larger and stronger of the two Thurins pushes him aside. Come on now! He snarls, assuming a fight ready stance with both of his stable, sizable fists clenched. Let me see what the ish- hero of Ashlai has got to give me. Silence follows the small crowd that assembled here. Sisters is waiting. Rated breath in response to the challenge. I could fight him, or I could refuse to fight him. I'm. I'm. <laughs> Tuffy. I'm maybe getting hit, getting severely hitted himself for once might give him a bit of empathy. Okay, I'm gonna hit him. You signal your willingness to engage Scar through him with a single nod. The older of the two battered brothers grins as he begins to slowly circle you. His fist weighs an intense gaze firmly fixed on your face. Unarmed, prepared to have a go at your eager opponent, with Stuma's defensive stance at Sarkar's his sizable fist streaking towards your head. 
Oh, and oh look, it actually did. Oh, this is clever. The game actually did unequip me. Clever, clever. Begin combat. Engage in non-lethal combat. Because neither you nor your enemy are attempting to kill. You attack your enemy with an astonishing series of unarmed tactics. And Scarlet furiously swings his fists at me. Oh yes, he is defeated. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. 2 XP, then 16 XP to General. The final blow sends Scarlet stumbling, sprawling to the ground. He rolls onto his back and attempts to stand, but quickly collapses while trying to maintain his balance. Orin and two other men rush forward and help the bested champion combatant to his feet. The, the battered scar muttered something under his breath, then much to his parent despise of all, present turns and leaves. As the small crowd disperses, Orin through to him strides up and introduces him. He taught him a lesson that was long overdue, he says, turning to watch his brother's part. I suppose it might have done some good. It's not likely to change him anyway. Pay him no mind, Soup. These days it seems that the slightest of things can rouse his ire. After spending a few moments talking with Owen, repeated apologises for his brother's words and accents, you bid him farewell and set off on your way. Explore again. One. You're passing by the Sage Law Tavern, when suddenly startled by a ghastly chorus of streams from the bustling establishment. Fighting your way through the crowd, terrified patients struggling to get out of the tavern. You burst into combat only to find yourself face to face with a chilling, gruesome sight. Scuttling across the now empty common room floor. Its thick, black, hairy legs nimbly picking their way around the scattered chairs. Displaced tables left in the wake of the feeling to playing patrons is a massive spider. The hideous arachnid, nearly the size of a small horse, suddenly turns and starts towards you, swiftly closing on what it undoubtedly expects will be an easy meal. Look, if you weren't trying to eat me, I'd pet you. But since you're trying to eat me, I'm going to have to fight you now. Just going to put put that mace back. Alright. Engage the hideous giant spider. The massive black spider is quickly upon you, attempting to sink its deadly venomous fangs into your flesh. I fight the giant black spider, which rears up and attacks. But still, a sudden surge of energy overtakes you, and you lay three impossibly swift blows upon your my enemy. For 16 damage, and then 20 damage from the regular attack. And it is now slain. 20 XP. Your victory over the giant black spider is met with a walker's cheer from the gathered townsfolk, who watch the battle with bated breath from just outside the tavern. You watch as a handful of onlookers move forward to dispose of the oozing carcass of the slain spider. An old man at your side turns his gaze away from the slain spider. Tells you it's the third such creature that's been found in Ashline in the last se several months. Our lads are good, he says, obviously referring to the town's militia. But the sort of things that slip out of that curse wood at night, it's a bit more than they're out for. 
certainly more at least to know that someone like you is about Zoop. After conversing with the, with the old man for several minutes, you bid him farewell and promptly set off on your way. As you depart, you get back over your shoulder and spot four men all in the carcass of the giant spider out of the tavern. Oh dear. Ashley's got, got a lot of problems. They all come from one direction. The wood. So, yep. I'm definitely going to have to go into that wood and make it less cursed or a lot more dead. Either one, really. Either one. Exploring again. Yeah, keep nothing. It's too near again. Two, Timney, two, three, four, five. Okay. I think, nice. You know what? I'm gonna uh, temporarily save. I'm gonna pause for now and just check. If there's anything more that can turn up in the exploration. Okay, there's apparently there's one more thing to look for. I'm just going to pause until it turns up. Here's something new. It's not the thing I'm looking for, but here you go. While passing along the street just outside the abandoned meeting house, formerly used by Ashlar's town council, you suddenly become aware of the sound of an approaching wagon. An explicable but urgent desire to hide yourself sends you sky in the cover. Moments later, concealed by the shadows of a larger structure on the side of the lane, you watch a small coach drawn by two horses driven by a dour-faced, grey-haired man roll into view, and it stops in front of the old meeting house. Thick white curtains hug in the windows, Setting the coach conceal its occupants, you can plainly see at least two distinct states moving behind the grey heavy cloth barrier. Horses snort as the grey-haired driver climbs down from his seat, moves around to the opposite side of the coach, momentarily disappearing from view. He suddenly steps out from behind the coach and climbs back into his seat. With a quick snap of the reins, the horses start forward, effortlessly pulling the sturdy coach along the lane. That sort of moments, the street is once again empty. As we pass this off your way, you can't help but wondering who it was that was in the coach and what business brought them to the abandoned meeting house. Alright. I'm pausing again till something turns up. Here it is. While passing through the northern end of town, having dust out several man to white a timber cart with a bent axle, Suddenly realise you're being followed. Darting along the edge of the narrow lane behind you is a small figure in a grey tunic. At first you believe it must be a child or just a mere statue. But when the figure raises its head, apparent to take, apparently to take no grey heading, you're shocked to find find the face tucked up beneath the hood. The yellow-eyed, disfigured face of a shade goblin. Your first thing is to turn and bolt after the thirteenth or undoubtedly malicious creature. We suspect that such a move could cause the goblin to flee, and even any chance of discovering the reason for its visit to Ashland. 
your mind racing to determine your next course of action. You, you turn onto the deserted street and await your inevitable and await the inevitable arrival of the hooded goblin. Now I've got a few options here. I can use thievery, archery, elementalism, gating, illusion, or telekinesis. Use illusion. Succeeded for 4 XP. Hiding yourself as best as you can behind a stack of barrels at the back of the storeroom. Prepare to put your magic to use when the goblin rise. Moments later, the creature turns into the lane. As the goblin starts along the street, utterly oblivious to your presence, you silently summon your power of illusion. The sudden appearance of a bright red snake slithering on the street. Freezes the fearful creature in its tracks. With his full attention drawn to the illusionary reptile, he never hears you coming. You slip up, be you slip up behind the occupied guard and strike him a deft blow, a deft blow directly between his bald, bony shoulders. The startled goblin shrieks in pain as alarm as he collapses face first into the street. He immediately hoists the fearsome creature to his to his feet. Demand to know what he's doing in Ashlar and why he was following you. Goblin's bright yellow eyes open wide and his disfigured, scar-riddled face quivers uncontrollably as you scruffily repeat your question. Demand to know what is he's doing in Ashlar and why he was following you. The foul creature, obviously fearing for his life, tells you he was sent to Ashlar with something he was supposed to deliver to you. When you ask what it is, he fumbles around beneath his ragged attire and produces a torn sheet of wrinkled yellow paper, keeping the goblin pinned with one hand. You snatch the paper from him with the other and close to examine it. Strange symbols have been scrawled on, scrawled onto the worn surface. The script appears to be about as old as the paper, torn paper itself. So I'll be taken aback when several of the symbols begin to twitch and move. I've got... The torn yellow paper view. Strange symbols have been scrawled across its worn surface. The script appears about as old as the torn paper itself. Now again, several of the symbols begin to twitch and move. You obtained this paper from the hooded goblin you caught following you in Ashlar. According to the goblin, the renegade sorceress Coratel awaits you in Fogra, where she will give you a nut the other half of the torn sheet. It's a gift. It's magical. Gasped the goblin as he wiggles under your firm glass. He told me you have the rest of it when you visit her in the wood. Immediately turn your fiercest gaze upon the goblin. The man to know who it was. She referred to a she. You're the certain response before words ever leave his lips. Spellcaster, he croaks. His eyes, fearful eyes, wise as they lock onto your stare. Sorceress in the wood. <gasps> All right. Through a hurried session of questions, the goblin reveals he was sent into Ashley by the wagon gate sorceress Coratal, tasked with delivering to you the torn piece of paper which you now possess. The goblin seems to know little else about the sorceress, and almost certainly nothing about you. Of course, you should believe that the miserable creature is merely an unwitting pawn in whatever plot Coratel may be hatching. 
the goblin, stammering at its jaw, jaw trembles uncontrollably, pleads for its life, promising to leave Ashlair and never return. Tolshu does not wish to see the sorcerer again, unless you head north and west, back to his home in the hills. Alright, now, there's two options. I can use divination, just to see what I should do. Succeeded. You sense the goblin's word on Cecilia, and he has no intention of remaining involved with Takoto. Then I'll let him go. You allow the goblin to go free, but following closely to his last slips out of Ashlar, disappears into the mist-covered landscape that surrounds the walled town. As you prepare to resume your exploration of Ashlar, you wonder why it is that Corotel, banished into exile in the cursed forest of Fogbron, attempt to make contact with you, present you with such a strange gift. Hope that when at last you make your way into Misty Woods, you'll perhaps learn the answer to these very questions. Okay. And I think, yeah, that's, that's pretty much, that's everything you can find when you're exploring. We're going to west. And now... The fact that what is, this has always been here, this has been here since we first turned up in Ashlar, adventures for this location, the Wayward Wagons. While investigating the appearance of four supply wagons bound for Ashlar, okay, okay. Hopefully it's just bandits. Three hours ago, the edge of the Plain of Screams, the long forgotten and likely never known. Roam within the vast shadowy world depths of the Nevenus, perched on an outcropping of black rocks, sits the fortress of a mighty, bone-crowned lord. Such promise, and yet so meddlesome, it annoys and tires me. Perhaps I've not been quite the fathering figure I've intended. Do you see it another way, Gilinoras? towering world figure, his muscle-laden bulk framed by, by by the arch window in front of which he stands, turns towards the small, frail silhouette on his left and sighs. The slight man nods and then, as if momentarily forgetting his unspoken prompt, quickly shakes his head. You are wise and potent, my lord, he says. Unable to concede the fear that sends him stumbling over nearly every word that passes through his thin lips. The bent, middle-aged man pauses for a moment and then continues. Some of us, humans, as I mean, are, tend to be rather forgetful of our pledges and lesions. A small reminder might be in order. The massive road figure turns back to the arched window gazes out across the cracked, fire-ravaged plain. Extends the eyes in nearly every direction. He must then be reminded of his loyalty, he says, his voice passing through the empty chamber, the rumble of distant thunder. Soon, soon, glorious, we shall go to work. The illustrious Zoop will come to know the pleasure of serving me, or we will suffer the grave misfortune, bound to disobedience. Even the great soup has no hope of defying your will, great one, says the tall man, bowing his head as he purposely averts his eyes from the tower figure, the 
weapons once again turned to face him. What the sorcerer that would? Surely her exile in that forbidden place. Fight you with the means to at last. Enough! No more words about that place. Was the massive figure, his voice whiffing the man already cringing before him. The curse on that forest square bears great potency. And the witch that stalks there is now more powerful than you have ever known her. She will be dealt with at the time of my choosing. Not a moment before. Glora straightened himself up, and with his eyes still cast at the floor, addresses the towering shadowy figure before him with as firm a tone as he can pre- presently muster. I must return to Ashpier, he says, pointing Mr. Gorn to the reaction. He's now asking me to my trips here will have to become less frequent, my lord, as there are several who have taken interest in late of my movements. You will be called upon when you are needed, shouts the figures, wondering apply. The problems you face in the halls of Alwyn are your own. Your awards will be great, glorious. Do not expect to curry favour with your tail's hardship. Your fine mind is a most unsympathetic here. Gnorus blows respectfully and steps back. The shimmering silver portal opens its heels, and the master mage turns and disappears into it. The portal closes, leaving the massive figure alone at the window, staring out across the bleak, ravaged landscape. Desolate blame crafted by the violence of his own hands. You will play your part, Glorus, and the great Zupra acquiesces to his. He mutters, leaning heavily with both of his broad hands on the stone sill. Then, when you have no further use, you will both assume your next roles, perhaps as assistants to the once mighty Prince Iacor. A stable hand against which all other horse tenders should be proud to be measured. And now, back to the question, it's, it's Woundskin. Woundskin is plotting, plotting something, something that is no doubt not good for anyone. Except him, and in the short term, this Glenorous figure. Woundskin. So, is it, it, was Woundskin behind the attack on Ashlag? No, he seems like he's a he's not he's not in league with the sorceress. Looks like things have just got a bit more, got a lot more complicated. So we've got Boonskin schemes, the Sorceress's schemes, Gnorus's schemes, and we've got others, and we've got the schemes of the Grey Mage. They're probably the ones I'm most likely to go along with. And those are the four I can think of right now. There may be others. 
And if Wagner is still in his still in his labyrinth, because usually mages end up living a very long time, he might be a fifth part player. Who knows? Back to the present. Within minutes of your wife with Ashlight, you learn that a caravan of supply wagons en route to the remote town of Untrithic is not a wire that's scheduled. It's now nearly two days late. Before the town downs could even approach your petition for your hope in investigating the supply wagons, you're already making preparations for hope will be a short and uneventful journey along a desolate road leaving north along the edge of Fogborough. Already a hero beyond all measure in the eyes of Cincinnati, you're undertaking this new task only serves to bolster your stalwart reputation. Members of the town council tell you that the, ca- the caravan regularly carries supplies from Twithick to Ashley, and that despite the power inherent in the route it takes, one that, that leads, leads it along the eastern edge of the cursed wood, it's never before been late. You sense the council members aren't telling you the whole story regarding the wagons that make their frequent trip. With a report, however, your desire to discover the caravan's fate outweighs might easily prove to be an innocent omission of unimportant details. With your thoughts focused on the endeavour ahead, you set out for Master the following morning at first light. A broad, ancient road winds its way through the hills north of Ashley, passing near the edge of Fogborough. It's along this, this empty road that you trek north, Seeking, seeking, eagerly seeking any sign of the missing supply wagons. At times, the swirling mists sweep out the curved wood to the west, cover the road and obscure your view of the landscape, making it possible to see more than a few dozen yards in any direction. At other times, the fog lifts and you find yourself almost forgetful of that the road skirts the eastern edge of the fabled forest. Just past midday, to moving, moving out of a bank of bank of mist that passes into the basin of a wide dove which the road passes, you at last come upon what you set out in search of. Up ahead, sending off to the left of, left of the road, are four large wagons. All right, there. Alright, unless it gets complicated, this, this this is done. For several moments, from the top of the photothero just south of the four wagons, you cautiously survey the fog surrounded scene. There is no sign of the horses that presumably drew the car, and no evidence of anyone living or dead in the vicinity. Having satisfied yourself the area is present presently deserted, you start down the slope towards the wagons, only to freeze in mid-step just a few moments later. Your eyes are immediately drawn to two leather-clad figures emerging from the wall of mist near the back of the last wagon. Two men, one of them carrying an axe and the other wearing a short blade, make their way along the side of the standing caravan, peering into each of the wagons as they pass. They are soon joined by four more armed men. As the six men begin talking among themselves near the foremost of the four wagons, 
were able to hear bits and pieces of their conversation, which is sufficient to confirm. The six men standing three dozen yards from your fog position are bandits. You listen as the band of highwaymen talk about their plans for the wagons, which you learn have already been looted, and the horses, which you learn are already bound for Twithick. Suddenly, however, your, your course quickens as one of the bandits makes mention of six of them. And he's, you immediately rise, going to the very people, those caravan they've waylaid. Your heart skips a beat and anger weighs from you. With you, we hear one of the bandits put forth a cruel suggestion. One that means little resistance from the other members of the ruthless crew. Kill them, he says coldly. Toss their bodies into the wood and be done with it. I don't want to be about this place when night falls. Get on with it. As for the bandits turn and race toward the back of the caravan, your mind begins to race. Unless you're able to intervene in time, these ruthless brigands plan on killing the people those wagons they've just plundered. Suddenly, you catch sight of something moving out of the fog at, this for at the forest's edge. Ushawak! Oh dear, oh dear. It's got more complicated. At least a dozen of the tall, slender beings of wood and iron are silently stalking out of the misty wood, moving swiftly and stealthily towards the line of wagons. Shouts suddenly ring out, and you spot three of the bandits, their weapons raised, rushing to confront the strange legion now advancing upon them. I don't think they stand a chance. Seizing the opportunity of the timely arrival of the Oshwag has provided, you rush down the hill and move quickly across the mist-covered terrain, heading for the way of the caravan, where you hope to find the six people on those fates, west on the hands of their west in the hands of their heartless catchers. You wince as the horrific, blood-curdling screams of hope of the hopelessly outwatched time raven rise into the air, filling you with dread. As you reach the first of the wagons, you spot two more of the bandits rushing to join the battle that's already claimed the lives of three of their cohorts. Run. You should run. Just keep running. Run until you can run until you pass out. And then when you back when you accomplish again, one more. That's what you should do. He's a rock. They won't stop. They won't stop chasing you. If they decided they're going to kill you, they're going to keep coming at you again and again and again until you are done. Your only hope is that some hero comes along and say and and fights them for you, but the, this hero is currently busy dealing with or stopping you from murdering people. If you hadn't done that, mate, if you hadn't brought up killing these people, I wouldn't be saving them, and I'd be rushing off to fight these Oterok, and you would be alive now. See, that's what happens when you think of when you try to add murder, add murder to just simple highway, 
it's the simple banditry. Suddenly, you catch sight of six people lying on the ground at the back of the last wagon, their lips, their limbs browned with heavy rope. The four men and two women, who faced a brutal end to their ordeal at the hands of the highwaymen, crawl out for you to help. With only a few yards of captives, two Otoroks step into your path. The silent soldiers. The, si the silent soldiers of Koratel, or at all, move swiftly towards you. I gotta fight these things. Engage them. You step forward and bravely engage the two Okorok broken your pass. The first of the silent wooden beings moves to meet your advance. Alright, fighting. Oh, it's adapted its combat tactics to 11 plus. Alright, and fight, fight, fight. Just gonna keep fighting. Swing your eyes. 22 XP. The Otorok collapsed into the heap of splintered wood at your feet. Before you've had even a moment to catch your breath, however, the next of Korotol's silent minions is upon you. Begin combat with the Ultrawak once again. Did a staggering blow, and I've been stunned and unable to act during the next round of combat. Alright, if I. Ah, this one. I managed to slay this one before it could adapt. 21 experience. You leap over the smashed remains of the fallen motor rock and rush towards the captives. You split towards the uneven, cross the uneven ground, dashing the straight line towards the bound captives lying just behind the last wagon. The motor rock are swiftly moving to intercept you. Alright, picking a number, I got a bonus of 60. 20 from agility, 20 from body. 10 from spirit and 10 from luck. Got to get 100 or more. Let's see. Success! 138. You arrive at the side of the nearest of the bound captives and a heart of discovery. They're all alive and appear relatively unharmed. As you prepare to free, free them from the ropes that bind their limbs, one of the captives, a woman, tells you the bandits have attacked the cow and plan to kill them. You acknowledge her statement with a grim nod. There's little time for anything else. A quick glance over your shoulder reveals a large number of the Overwatch swiftly closing in. You quickly set to work, praying you'll be able to free the six people from the ropes to bind them before you're overtaken by the advancing Otorak. Just you now take to do some healing first. Alright, a bonus. Picking a number. Bonus 55. 20 for Might. 20 from Agility, 15 from Fever, you got to get 75 or more, and we see... Oh no, I failed. Four, you can free even one of the bound captives. Three of the advancing Otorok are upon you. The sinister silent beings of wood, iron and wood quickly surround you and move in to attack. One at a time. Begin combat. Okay, swipes with his iron tip wooden limbs. It's adapted, and you've got to 8+, plus, so I slay it. The next one. The next Otorok steps over the smashed remains of his slain kin and attacks. Otorok 2 of 3. Alright, it's adapted. Oh no, it's to 11+. plus. It's, it's, it's hard, this one. 
Alright, and it is slain. The, the last of the three Oshrog moves it in, swift silently, and attacks. Begin combat. Oh, phew, that one only adapted to 8+, so it's a lot easier. Still, still tougher. 22 experience. You leap over the remains of your slain foes, determined to free the bound captives before you're overrun by the west of the rapidly advancing Ilturuk. You quickly set to work, praying you'll be able to free, free the six people. The six people from the ropes that bind them before you're overtaken by the advancing Ilturuk. And I've just healed to full, so I'm ready even if I fail. Failing again at 68. Oh dear. Before you can free even one of the bound captives. Free of the advancing Oterok upon you. The sinister silent beings of iron and wood. Quickly surrounds you. Moving to attack. One at a time. Right here's the first one. That adapted to 8 plus. So that's an easy peasy one. Next Oterok steps over the crash mass to remain with slain kin and attacks. Oh, it's adapted to 8 plus again. Down it goes. Here's the third one. Fight smashy, smashy, smashy. But it is slain nevertheless. 21 XP. You leap over the remains of your slain foes. Determined to free the bound cats before you're overrun by the west of the rapidly advancing Oterok. You quickly set to work. Alright, it's the same check again. Success! 16, 136, 16 XP to general. You quickly free all six of the captives, making short work of the ropes that bind them. Without delay, you order them to flee to the south. As the three captives take fight, you suddenly find yourself face to face with the foremost of the advancing Otawa. You dodge the silent being's savage swipe and quickly counterattack. Hoping a brazen stance will give the people adequate time to escape. Begin combat with another Otorak. I'm going to be I'm fighting a lot of these. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's adapted to 11 plus. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. But nevertheless, it is slain. The relation having put the Otorak down to defeat is short-lived. Within moments of victory, before you can take flight with the escaping captives, you find yourself confronted by another of the silent wooden warriors. Begin combat with another Otorok. Oh, it stunned me. And it's adapted to A+. So I slay it. And there we are. Here's the third Otorok. Steps out of the swirling mist to your left. And attacks. It's adapted, fortunately, to A+. You've slain your foe. XP 22. With the second horde of Oterok now moving swiftly out of the forest, joining their ranks of the kin who continue to advance in your direction, you turn and take flight, wanting to catch up with the three captains who are already fleeing south. I thought I thought they were all gone. I thought I thought he did. I thought Korator didn't have that many left. Has he been making new ones? He must be making more of them. Otherwise, he wouldn't just expend them in such things like this, anyway. 
my, there's, there's a lot of them. They must be, they must have pretty much unlimited numbers. We can just throw them around like this, unless it's not Duskoratel who has Otorok. I mean, if Runeskin's involved, he could get Otorok, I'm sure. You overtake the six people and assume the lead. After several minutes, much to your great relief, you manage to outdistance the pursuing Otorok. Okay. Well, okay, are they, are they gonna. Get, what do they do now? Do they just return to. Do, just, do they just return to wherever and resume the last orders? Who knows? Who knows? I'll probably that's what I'll program them to do. I'll, pro I'll probably give them a limited pursuit range. Because otherwise they're going to be strung out way too far. And you might accidentally lose your entire army when they go and chase after one person. Okay. With as much haste as you can must can be mustered. Lead the six former captives along a winding road that passes through the misty hills north and east of Asla. People of Uesco, repeatedly thank you for your heroic effort on their behalf. Telling you time and again, the band intended to kill them before leaving with the wagons. The men and women in your company seem both fearful and intrigued about the Otorak. You to disclose to them only the barest of details regarding the magic creatures. You do tell them, Alan, they faced a far greater danger from the wooden irons beings than they did from the handful of highwaymen. As you cover the last mile that lies between you and the formidable wars of Ashlar, you find your gaze increasingly drawn to the dark edge, the sinister forest to the west. You're certain that somewhere in the misty depths of the cursed wood, a Wenegade sorceress and an Oaken army are already plotting their next endeavour. It's a thought that leaves you chilled. Within, with the six people now safely in Ashla, your thoughts immediately turn to the dark forest from which the sinister Otorok again emerged. For a long while, you stand on the top, topmost platform of the town's watchtower. Looking west towards the shadow of Frogmar, wondering what devilry, even now, is at work beneath the blanket of swirling mists that veil the wood and its long hidden secrets. As your eyes scour the distant tree line, become aware, for the first time, as the forest itself has begun to haunt your thoughts. As if the legendary wood is alive, an ancient creature of unflavoned might, slowly waking with designs of his own and a thousand widening eyes fixed on the world outside. 512 experience to general and that. To the end of that quest, I'm going to west. To heal. Ooh, there's another adventure coming up. It's called The Plague in Ashley. But what it is, and what will happen, and what I'll have to do, we'll do that next time, but for now, farewell.
fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.